Hi, and welcome to Field Chats, Environmental Action Civics Essentials, Episode 14, brought to you by EarthForce. Today, we're excited to share a new voice with you on the podcast, 10th grade English teacher, Jamie Breitner. Side note, we love featuring EarthForce educators who teach non-environmental subjects, just proof that you can do environmental action civics anywhere. Jamie uses the EarthForce process with her students in Colorado, and our program manager, Taylor Ruffin, talked with her about how she invites the community into the classroom. Pick up some tips and learn about her connected approach. All right. Hello. Today, I'm joined by Jamie Breitner, 10th grade English teacher for Collegiate Academy from Littleton, Colorado. She's a previous Rise Challenge participant and experienced EarthForce practitioner. Um, currently, she's in step three of the process this year with her students, which really talks about the, the people, policy, and practice research element. Uh, today, we're going to be focusing on that community organization or community partnership piece when you engage with those individuals that are either impacted or influence the issues that students choose to um, address. And so thank you for joining me today, Jamie. Um, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, it's been a pleasure working with you these past few years um, on a variety of projects. And so through that, you know, you've worked on a multitude of Earthforcian projects. Um, I just want you to kind of start out with, you know, the organizations that you have worked with in the past um, and are, are currently working with to complete your projects. So the main organizations that we work with every year that we've worked with for the past six years are Chatfield State Park and the Denver Audubon. So through them, we've made a lot of other connections and then also reached out to various other organizations. I think about five years ago, we were working with a nonprofit called Where Do Butts Go? Um, that is dedicated to cleaning up cigarette butts around Colorado. We've also worked a lot with uh, the city and county of Den Denver. Um, there's a great stormwater educator that we've worked with for many years, as well as the Army Corps of Engineers. Um, they actually own the land where Chatfield is located. So we've worked with them directly a couple of times. Uh, last year, we worked with Defenders of Wildlife. Yeah, and we'll kind of get to that because I just wanted to kind of highlight your experience engaging with these folks and kind of how one might lead to the other. So it's kind of like you're engaging with these folks in the area you're working, especially with the Audubon and Chatfield, where you host a lot of your your projects. Yes. And how that like vast network of, of individuals and organizations contributing to a specific issue or project that your students want to address, because kind of like, oh, once you talk to one, you've got to talk to another. Or you think you talk to one and like, well, maybe have you talked to these people yet? Um, especially when it comes to maybe like um, county or government organizations that have certain jurisdictions and Absolutely. certain responsibilities in the public trust. And so I've just been impressed with your ability to navigate that with your students. Um, that web. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so then with that, let's kind of talk about your current project a little bit. You're in okay. step three, you're gathering this information. You know, who have you been working with recently um, and how has that been going? Uh, recently, we have been working a lot with one of the Chatfield State Park resource technicians. He's met us on site a few times and also um, come to our school to talk a little bit about um, how the dam works over at Chatfield and why 
the area is not really susceptible to flooding. This year, we also have worked with Harvest of All First Nations um, just to get other perspectives. Uh, I know step three is a lot about just gathering perspectives. So it was really cool to hear from Harvest of All First Nations, um, just a different way of looking at conservation. Yeah, because this year your students are really focusing in on the topic of flood because of the Colorado Rise Challenge, really focuses on community resilience with natural hazards. And you're also a part of the Heart Force Partnership um, and they're hosting a fellowship uh, with educators throughout Colorado as well. So we're doing a lot together to really bolster community resilience. And I think capturing that history with Chatfield and the technician, and then yeah, the historical context of conservation by these other organizations, yeah, gaining that perspective of an issue. Because um, not only is kind of Colorado Parks and Wildlife responsible for some of the, the maintenance of Chatfield in relation with the US Army Corps of Engineers, they kind of Bringing in those other perspectives is also really, really great. Um, so one question about initiating these conversations, because clearly, you know, you're a teacher, you work in the classroom. What have been some of your best methods for initiating those conversations with partners like from the jump? Well, like you hinted at, uh, a lot of times it's networking from other connections. Our connections at the Denver Audubon, a lot of times will be the ones that suggest like, oh, I know this awesome um, aquatic biologist that would be perfect to introduce to your students. Through Chatfield, they also have a lot of good connections. I think it's useful to lean on those types of connections because then we know that all of the organizations will work well together since they're like mm -hmm. recommended by each other. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's really great, especially with some of those organizations you work with have maybe like an education department or mm -hmm. an outreach kind of department, like especially Colorado right. Parks and Wildlife or some of those yeah. are like, oh yeah, we are really interested in engaging young folks in, mm -hmm. in this process. So I think taking advantage of some of that motivation from those organizations is really great. And so do you do a lot of that work kind of at the forefront or do you get your students to reach out to those folks? You know, I think it really depends. Um, if the connection is coming from another connection, usually I'll be the one or um, somebody in the other organization might be the one to to reach out. That's always nice. Like if somebody from Earth Force has a good connection and then they email me and the connection um, just to get things rolling, that's a good way to make sure that they are more likely to respond. But I definitely also do sometimes have students try to reach out as well. It's not always as successful, but it's still a really great experience for the students just to understand like how important it is to follow up a few times if you're cold calling somebody or if you're, you know, just submitting a form on a website that's asking for help. Yeah. Yeah. Combination of the both, like leveraging those partnerships outside of yours. Yeah. Having other people introduce, but then also providing that opportunity for your students to engage in that process as well. So I think yeah, a little bit of both all at once can sometimes yeah. be be the best way. And so once you've made those connections, what has been your experience working with those those community organizations or partners? Has it been very helpful? Yeah, I think it's so, so useful. I feel like those are some of the most important parts of the project is connecting with other community partners. I do think as far as the experience goes, I think that um, if I can talk to the speakers before they come and speak to my students for like a whole 45 minute class period, 
that's always really helpful because sometimes people who are super smart experts in a certain topic are maybe not experts at communicating their knowledge to teenagers. Mm -hmm. So um, having just that little conversation and saying like, you know, can you make it a little bit interactive and not just talk to them for 45 minutes straight makes it run a lot more smoothly with the kids. Yeah, I agree. Kind of that pre-program pep talk as it were. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think um, Jeremy is that CPW technician. I was privileged enough to sit in and I thought, even though it was a little bit presentation heavy, I think his interactions with the students and his ability to connect and communicate with them was really great. So um, if sometimes you like have those individuals, but then also have to maybe train those career or resource experts up a little bit to like, all right, this is your audience. This is kind of what we need to make sure that engagement is there um, and that they're really interested. Um, yeah, because a lot of times it doesn't take much, you know, it's just asking them a question every few minutes or something like makes mm -hmm. a huge difference compared to just talking the entire time. Yeah, absolutely. And then I'm curious because sometimes those career experts come in maybe with their to do. Um, have you ever found that to be a challenge? Maybe those folks come in and kind of not necessarily dictate to your students what should be done about an issue. Kind of have they been more encouraging to be like, oh, what have you found? Or mm -hmm. what do you think we should do? Or really trying yeah. to get that insight. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. That's such a good point too. Um, I think earlier, like when I first started doing the Earth Force process, I ran into that issue a little bit more because I wasn't doing much front loading with the speaker. I remember there was one time, should I name the organization or? <laughs> you could just say one time, you can make it brief too. So yeah, there was one organization where um, there was supposed to be like 15 minutes for questions at the end of the period, but they just um, spent the entire time pushing their narrative that wasn't even really related to the project. It was more just like their goal of communicating their message to some students. Um, mm. So since then, I've tried to do a better job of communicating like we really want this to be a student led situation and we want the students to feel like they're actively making decisions. So, you know, instead of telling them, this is what you should do, give them information and then lead them towards a possible solution. Absolutely. Yeah. As well as maybe co-creating a solution too. And like mm -hmm. having that collective action um, is really important. That youth voice element, even in this resource and information gathering phase is really important. So I appreciate yeah. you emphasizing that as well. And, and that experience where, yeah, in the beginning, I just kind of let them do their thing, but then that little bit of a pep talk ahead of time to kind of clue them into what the Earth Force process is trying to accomplish really smooths that out and makes a, a really quality experience. Um, so to wrap up our conversation, overall, do you feel these partnerships enhance the student experience and project outcomes? Yeah, I think it's so helpful for the students. Uh, first of all, as an English teacher, not a science teacher, um, I think it's just really important to have people who really, really know what they're talking about advising the students because all I can do is the same thing the students are doing, just listen to the information and try to, you know, come up with good ideas from that. I don't have all that background knowledge. So that's super helpful for me. But also I, I just think it's it's engaging to have other voices other than mine <laughs> at the front of the class sometimes. Um, especially if the speakers are like young, passionate individuals. Um, the students get really excited about that. Yeah, it's helpful. They, um, the partners 
can connect us with resources. They can help us brainstorm solutions and just make the project real for the students. Absolutely. Yeah. Gathering all those perspectives, those individuals that are impacted or have influence over the issue so that you can really create this holistic strategy to action, which is really the goal of the environmental action civics process. So, well, thank you so much, Jamie, for your insights and some of those tips and tricks and your experience with step three and engaging community partners and organizations. Great talking to you. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Jamie and picked up some tips for involving community partners. As always, let us know what you think over at earthforce.org slash podcast. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. See you in two weeks.